<clears throat> we're uh, wrapping up today our series, I Am Christ Church, right? And remember what we've been doing. We've been taking each week, looking at one of those uh, core values that uh, drives uh, the ministry here at Christ Church. And uh, obviously, we hope it's a core value that drives you as a Christ follower individually, because like the church say, right, I am uh, Christ Church, right? You are. That's it. And so we, we hope these principles are now getting embedded uh, in, in your life. And so if you remember uh, our first week, uh, we said that we were on mission, right? And that is that the church does not exist for the people who are in the church. The people in the church exist for the people who aren't here yet, right? Right? That was, that was uh, number one. Uh, week number two, we said we were uh, faith-filled big thinking and risk taken, right? Faith-filled, big thinking and risk taken. And we will not insult God with small thinking or security living, right? And then last week we talked about generosity and said, uh, I am going to be radically generous, right? I'm going to be radically generous because God has already been radically generous to me, right? So we go on today to uh, our next one. And we say, I am Christ Church, and I am real, I am relevant, and I am ready to reach de-churched and unchurched people uh, for Christ, right? I am real, I am relevant, and I am ready. I am ready to reach unchurched people and de-churched people uh, for Christ. So why that principle? Where does that come from? Well, it doesn't take much to go into the scriptures and see that's how Jesus elevates our life and defines one of the highest purposes uh, for our lives, right? All you have to do is go to Matthew 4, and you get the experience of Jesus uh, calling uh, Peter and uh, Andrew. You read it. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people, exclamation point, right? Now, what's cool about Scripture is as you, as you study it, as you look at it, it's always interesting what Scripture chooses to leave in, what it intentionally puts in, especially things that could have easily been taken out, right? Never put in there, right? So if, if you look at this text, for instance, at the service, surface, you just kind of look at it and say, oh, cool, Jesus walking along the shore, and he says, come fish with me. He does this cool comparison thing. Hey, you fish for fish, now you're going to fish for people, right? And you can just kind of leave it there. But there's so much more in this text, right? We could read the text over again, and we could drop some stuff out, right? We could read the text over and say, well, one day Jesus was walking along the, the Sea of Galilee there, and he saw two brothers, Simon, and called Peter and Andrew, uh, and... Uh, Jesus called out to them and said, come follow me, and I'll show you how to get people, how to fish for people. That would be good enough. That's pertinent information, right? But Scripture includes in there that thing that they were throwing their nets. Why? Because they fished for a living. It tells us what their identity was prior to Jesus getting involved in their life. So if you went through the village and you said, so tell me about uh, this guy Simon and, and his brother Andrew. What do, you, what do you know about those guys? Somebody would say, well, you know, they're fishermen. I don't know how good they are, how bad they are, how good they are, but, you know, they're fishermen, right? That's what you would have heard. 
But when Jesus comes along, notice what he does. When he puts a call on their life, he completely changes their identity and he elevates their purpose. From now on, Simon and Andrew aren't just fishermen, are they? There's something else. They are followers of Christ. That becomes their identity. They are first and foremost followers of Christ. And now, because of the call that Jesus puts on their life, the highest and best use of their life is not to catch fish, but to do what? Fish for people. See how that works? Jesus comes along, he puts a call on their life, and he totally changes their identity. First and foremost, this is what they are now known for, and the highest and best use of their life is equally changed and elevated. That's what happens. If you're a Christ follower in the room, you need to understand this. This is so vital to us. That he has, if you follow him, he has changed your identity. You're, you're not just a lawyer anymore. You're not just a nurse anymore. You're not just a salesman anymore. You're not just a business owner anymore. You're not just a corporate type anymore. Whatever your job is, right? I don't know them all, but whatever your job, that's not what you just are anymore. Your first and foremost, your top identity is you are a Christ follower. You're a Christ follower. And because that's your top identity, the highest and best use of your life is to reach other people for Christ. The highest and best use, the most important thing you can do is reach other people for Christ. Uh, I don't know about you, but I was absolutely uh, humbled uh, this week when I heard, heard the news uh, coming out of Oregon with the mass shooting uh, and the references to uh, our brothers and sisters uh, in Christ who were executed there. And why were they executed? Because they said their best and highest identity was as a Christ follower. And they made an incredible witness. Man, I hope that our nation does not miss that witness. Right? When push came to shove, gun in their face, they said, first and foremost, I am a Christ follower. And they made their witness. That's the highest and best use of their life. That's incredible. I hope I live up to that. Don't you? That's incredible. You see, when he called Peter and Andrew, he changed their identity, and he changed the highest and best use of their life. That's what he does. Now, if you're not a Christ follower yet, you need to understand that's what you get into, right? That's what you get into. But that's good news because... He changes your identity. You may look at yourself right now in the mirror and not think so much of yourself. But when he calls you, when he claims you, your life takes on a whole new elevated arena. You become a different person. You no longer are who you were, right? If you go through the village with Simon and Peter and you say, after Christ calls them, who, who are those guys? What's the first thing you should be hearing? Oh, <laughs> there are these guys that follow Jesus. I don't quite get it all, but <laughs> they're doing like radical things in the name of Jesus. <laughs> See, he totally changes our identity and the highest and best use of our life. 
You see that elsewhere in Matthew 5, just a chapter later, as Jesus tries to give us images of the highest and best use of, of our life. And so he says to Christ followers, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. What's the highest and best use of your life? That others would know through you, Jesus Christ. I'll say, here's a real question. Not a pleasant one. So if people would walk through your business or, uh, you know, where, you know, your friends, right? If somebody would say to them, so uh, tell me about so-and-so, is the first thing they would say is, well, I mean, they're totally sold out on Jesus, I can tell you that. Is that what they'd say? You see, that's the challenge for us. The challenge for us is to be real about things, to be relevant about things, and understand that's our identity. That is the highest and best use of our life. And that's why Christ Church is absolutely, utterly committed. It is a core value for us that we will be real and we will be relevant. It drives who we are, right? We will be real and we will be relevant about life because that is the highest and best use of our life to bring Jesus into other people. Now, let me tell you and show you what that looks like. This comes uh, out of John 4, and it's the experience where Jesus is doing ministry. He wanders up into Samaria. It's the heat of the day, so he sits down by a well. The disciples go into the village to get food. It's lunchtime. They go in to get food, and Jesus sits the well, and uh, a woman uh, comes along, uh, and uh, he begins conversation with her, and in the midst of the conversation, he offers her a whole new identity, right? And he says, what you really need is living water, right? Metaphorically, he's offering himself, right? What you really need is living water. And she says, please, sir, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come out here to get water. Now, why does she say that? Well, she says that because she's out there at noon in the heat of the day. All the other women in the village come out in the cool of the day, either early in the morning or later in the evening, to get the water. Why do they do that? Well, that's when you go get water in the cool of the day, not the heat of the day. So the question becomes, why is she getting it in the heat of the day? She's getting it in the heat of the day because if she goes out in the cool of the day, she gets nothing but ridicule and humiliation. Right? All the other women would do nothing but ridicule her and humiliate her. Why? Because her life's messed up. Her life is messed up. And look what Jesus does. This is amazing. Jesus says, sir, go and get your husband. I don't have a husband, the woman says. Jesus said, yeah, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. Look at what he just did. How incredibly rude is that in today's culture? Right? 
Yeah, lady, you're out here in the middle of the day. You'd like some of that water because I'll tell you what, man, your life is messed up. You've had five husbands, five-time loser here. You've had five husbands. The guy you're with now is not even here. How incredibly rude by today's cultural standards is that? Why does he do that? Because he is real and he is relevant. He is not afraid to step into the mess of people's lives. That's why he came. He's not afraid to step into... That's why he's here, to step into the mess of people's lives. Our world wants to tell us that we're supposed to be polite and politically correct. Jesus tells us, no, you have a different identity You have a higher and greater purpose, and that purpose is to step into the mess. Call it what it is, and step into the mess of other people's lives. That's what he does. That's what we do. We have to be ready to step in with hurting people who have messed up lives. We've got to be ready to step in and call it what it is, and be real and be relevant, and unafraid, unafraid, to step into real, relevant reality of the mess. Let me give you an example of that. We did this series. Remember this series? Hopefully you do. I got to tell you, when we first announced this series, we put it out in press that we were going to do this series. Man, did I get emails. (laughs) Seriously, did I get... Pastor, you're going to talk about that in church? (laughs) Do you know what? This is the most requested. When this series was done, this is the most requested series we've had. Of people saying, how do I get that? How do I download that? I got to get that for my family member or my coworker or somebody I know. Not to mention the emails I got saying, thank you, Pastor, for speaking to my messed up life. Why is that? Because at Christ Church, what drives us is we are always going to be real and we're going to be relevant because that's exactly what Jesus did and that's exactly what he calls us to do, to step into the mess. Step into the mess and carry the burdens that people have. The call on our life is absolutely so clear. And we need to be just absolutely committed to that call. The highest and best use of our life is to step into the mess, real and relevant, and share, pe- share Jesus with people. There's a great uh, thing in uh, Mark that describes us, right? That proves this whole point of why we need to do this. It comes out of Mark 2. You'll see that in a minute, but it's in verse 5, and it's after Jesus has called Levi the tax collector, okay? So this, this tax collector, you know how tax collectors were regarded back then, right? Well, pretty much like now. No, I mean, you know, not so good, right? People didn't like tax collectors, right? So he calls Levi, and Levi, you know, uh, responds in faith. And it says, later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests. Notice he invited Jesus and who else? And his disciples, followers, Followers were invited into the same situation that Jesus went into, right? Jesus sent his disciples to his home as a dinner guest, along with many tax collectors and other, I love this phrase, 
disreputable sinners. Isn't that great? I love that phrase. Other disreputable sinners. You got to want to say that. You want to say that? Help me out on this. You ready? Come on. We can do this together. Other disreputable sinners. I mean, that's just, that's cool stuff, right? Now, notice the next phrase. It's in brackets. Notice the next phrase. There were many people of this kind among who? That is so good. You know what that means? I can be in this room today because my life gets messed up. That's what this room is for. This room is not for perfect people. I don't know where they are anyway, but it's for broken people. People struggling because life just gets messed up. We don't always get it right. I mean, that's the good news. The good news for us is that that's just why Jesus came into the world. He came into the world to step into the lives of messed up people. That means you. That means me. That's what we are. That's why we're here. Because Jesus, once again, in this moment, in this time, at that table, steps into our life. And he loves us just the same. And he calls us by name, and he makes us new people. He forgives us, and he gives us a new identity, and he raises and elevates our life that we, we can be the ones who bring Christ to other people. If you look further in the experience of Mark 2, it says, when the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, those disreputable sinners, they asked his disciples, what? What's wrong with this guy? Why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come. Notice that. This is why he came. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are us. Us. That's such incredibly good news. That's such incredibly good news. That he came to be in our messed up lives. And if he came to be in our messed up lives, he came to give us the opportunity to be forgiven, to be renewed, to have the opportunity to have our identity changed so that we become his followers and our purpose elevated. So we become those who have the opportunity to step into the mess of other people's lives. Step into the mess of other people's lives and be able to tell them about Jesus. I want you to watch the screens for a minute and meet, uh, meet Bob. Okay? Watch the screens. I grew up in a small town in Ohio. And I would say I spent about half of my youth in the church with scouts, with Sunday school, with choir, with youth group, with Sunday services. Um, but when I left home and when I grew up, I really had a difficult time finding a church home. Also, I found that I had some long-standing hurts and hang-ups 
that led to anger and other behaviors. And that got in the way of my having a really profound relationship with God. Then I had a series of life-changing events. And finally, after a lot of nudges over the years where God hadn't given up on me, I was ready to listen and allowed God to nudge me along a path that would be more righteous and would get me to where I needed to be. Christ's church from the very first moment was amazing. I sat there and I felt that the message was aimed directly at me. And all the next week, I kept finding ways that I could relate what was going on in my life to the message from the prior Sunday. And even though for a period of time I continued to go to other churches, every time I came back to Christ Church, the response was the same. And after a while, I started wanting to read more of the scriptures that were referenced in the message. I wanted to follow through with some of the actions that were proposed. And most importantly, I wanted to spread that message to others, others I worked with, others of my friends, uh, much to their amazement. God speaks to all of us, and he speaks to all of us every day. And like it says in 1 Peter verse 4, we're to use our gifts as best we can. And if we speak, we should speak as if God speaks through us. And if we serve, we should serve with all the strength that God would serve. For me, that's what it's all about. And I think finally, after all these years, I finally figured out what being a Christian is all about. It's not just being a good person. It's not just being going to church. But it's carrying that message, carrying that message forward to everybody you see. One thing that I would like a first-time attendee to Christ Church to know or to do, walk out with that sheet that they hand out as you're leaving, because that then takes the message of the day to the next level and helps you develop a path for the next week, which you can then take the lesson learned and apply it to your life and help others get the same message. So did you hear that? Help others get the same message. And that's the deal, right? If you uh, look at 1 Peter 3, it says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. That's good, right? That's what we do, Lord of our life. And if someone asks you about, the, about your hope as a believer, do what? Always be, say the word, ready. <laughs> Always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way and keep your conscience clear. That's what drives us. That's why. At Christ Church, we're absolutely committed to be uh, real and relevant and ready to speak into the lives of de-churched and unchurched people. So I'm going to be real. You're not going to like this, but I'm going to be real with you Christ followers out there today. You ready? Here's the challenge. If that's the call in our life, how many people in the last year have you prayed for? that God would give you the opportunity as a Christ follower to be able to talk to them about Jesus? How many people have you prayed for and said, yes, I want that opportunity? Huh? How many times in the last year? Because, you know, if you pray for that, God's going to give you that. You know that, right? Careful what you pray for. You pray for that, you know God's going to give it. Here's the challenge. How many people in the last year have you stepped into the mess with and talk to them about the way Jesus has changed your life. That's real. That's the call on our life. How many, how many times have you gone out of your way to invite 
and bring people to an experience that allowed them to engage Jesus in some way. Because that's why we do all these things at Christ Church, right? We got concerts, we got the Bethlehem experience, we got small groups, we got Celebrate Recovery. I mean, you, we got tons of stuff, right? All of those are about the opportunity for you as a Christ follower to just engage somebody, step into the mess, and be able to invite them and bring them. Invite them and bring them so that they can hear the message about Jesus. You see, the real, the relevant challenge to us is if we're going to say, yeah, I follow Christ, then you've got to follow. You've got to step into being ready. There's a great story in uh, Mark 2. You probably know the story in Mark 2 of four guys that give us an awesome example of what that looks like, right? So there were four guys. Jesus is in Capernaum, and the uh, news is there. He's in a house. He's preaching. The place is packed out, right? And like this room ought to be, right? The place is packed out, so they can't even get in there, right? But these four guys know a fifth guy who is a paralytic, right? And so they, while Jesus is preaching, figure out a way to get this paralytic friend of theirs in front of Jesus. So they carry the guy to the house. They can't get in, so they go up on the roof. They dig their way through the roof. They drop the guy right down in, in front of Jesus, and Jesus sees their faith, right? He sees their faith, and he forgives the guy. Here's some lessons. You ready? If we're going to be real relevant and we're going to ready, be ready to step into the mess, right? Be into people's lives. Some things you need to know and you need to do. One is bring them. Don't just invite them. Bring them. Think about those four guys and the paralytic. How easy would it be for the four guys to go, wow, you're really in a messed up situation, pal, and I really care about you, but, you know, I'm kind of going off to see Jesus for a little while, and uh, good luck with that. Not so good, right? What did they need to do? If this guy had any hope of having his life changed, they needed to step into the mess, take hold of the litter, and carry the guy. They needed to bring him. Right? That's what we need to do. We need to step in and we, and we need to invite him. Yeah, bring him. Hey, I'll pick you up. Celebrate recoveries Monday night. I go. I'll pick you up. Come with me. I'll introduce you to the folks. It'll be fine. You know what? My small group meets on such and such a night. Hey, I'll pick you up. I'll take you. I'll introduce you. It'll be great. Right? We got this concert coming up. I'll buy your ticket. Right? I'll pick you up. I'll buy your ticket. Come with me. It's going to be an awesome night. You see all those opportunities? But when you step in in a real and relevant way, you've got to be ready to step in and bring them. It's a long haul. Step in and bring them. They stepped in and they brought him. When they got to the house, the place is packed. They could have easily said what? Oh, man. No way. Place is packed, right? It's not going to work for them to say, excuse me, excuse me, coming through paralytic, excuse me, excuse me, right? What did they do? They come up with another plan. They innovate. They come up with another idea. They try something radically different, and they climb up on the roof, and they start digging through the, the mess, the mud and the thatch of that roof to get this guy to Jesus. Why? Because they're absolutely determined to get this guy to Jesus, right? Well, we got to do that. 
We got to be ready to innovate. We got to be ready to try things. I can tell you, folks, Christ Church is committed. We are going to try off the wall stuff, right? We're going to try whatever it takes. We're going to try different stuff, and it will fail. Some of it will fail. That's okay. Send me the email. I don't care. We're going to try it because whatever it takes, we got to reach people and get them in front of Jesus, right? That's what they did. They dug through the roof and they dropped the guy down right in front of Jesus. Now, here's the incredible thing of the story. It says, when the guy got in front of Jesus, it says, seeing their faith. Whose faith is Jesus seeing? The four guys. Not the paralytic. The four guys. He saw their faith. He honored that. And he heals the guy on the spot. You see, we know and we believe the truth. His love never fails. We are the light of the world. We are the hope. Jesus is the difference to people's lives. We believe that. We know that. And the only thing we can do, we have to be captured by the desire to just get them in front of Jesus. You with me? Amen? That's what it is. That's why at Christ Church, we are always on mission, right? We are absolutely always on mission. We understand the church doesn't exist for the people in the church. The people in the church exist for the people who aren't here yet, right? And we are faith-filled. We are big-thinking, right? (laughs) And we are risk-taking, right? We are not going to insult God with small thinking and security living. And we're going to be radically generous because we know we have a radically generous God. And because of that, we are absolutely committed to be real and relevant, and we're going to be ready to reach unchurched and dechurched people with the most valuable thing we could ever bring to life, the news about Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you choose us for the incredible privilege, just like you chose Peter and Andrew, the incredible privilege of being able to have this new identity in Christ and to know that the highest and best use of our life is to carry the message that Jesus is Lord, to step into the mess of other people's lives around us and be able to, to not be polite and politically correct, but step into the mess and be gentle and compassionate And just share with them. Share with them the difference. Not just invite them, but bring them. And be be innovative, whatever it takes. Come up with creative ways just to get them in front of Jesus. Because we know you are the answer. It really is true. You are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. Help us now to receive these four principles to receive these core values and make them not just the values that drive this movement called Christ Church, but values that drive us as individuals, that we can live up to what our shirts say, I am Christ Church.